Let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you again for this conference and for this hour we want to share the word. Lord, we have all been praying for this conference and we believe you answered our prayers and we're here to give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, the theme is Christ, the sure foundation, and we say the cornerstone of the building. Let's read the text, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, New King James Version. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Fourteen, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So yesterday we were talking about that God builds us with the words of the gospel. He builds us with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who is the life-giving Christ. And then we read some scriptures to support that. John 1, 14. And the word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him, cried, saying, this was he of whom I speak, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. The word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the word that became flesh. He is the life-giving word. Hebrews 1.3, he is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding now, maintaining now, and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and redance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. So you see that God uses his word to uphold you and me, to maintain our lives, guide our life, propel our lives. In Matthew 7, 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 26, and everyone that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. 
and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, Jesus was trying to show us that if we build on what he says, then that life will stand the test of time. Because like we said yesterday, trials do come. Trials do come. You don't have to pray about it. It's the normal run of life. He said when it comes and beats upon this house, which is built upon doing what he says, that the house will stand. But when we don't do what he says, that the house will fall. He said rain will beat on it, storm will beat on it, like it beats on every one of us. And so that's, that's why it's important that we make sure that we're building our lives on the right material, which is Christ himself. Now, what did, when Jesus said, when you do what I said, what is he really referring to? Because it's important that we understand what he's talking about. What did Jesus teach? Have you ever bothered to find out what did Jesus teach? What was the focus of the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ? John 1, 17. For while the law was given through Moses, grace on and undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. Which means Jesus didn't teach the law. He never taught the law. He didn't teach methods. It didn't come through him. The scripture says that what came through Christ was grace and truth. Moses brought the law. Jesus didn't teach the law. So Jesus wasn't even referring to the law because that wasn't what he was. That was not what he was teaching. Hebrews 2 from verse 1. Let's see what they taught. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. We must listen to the truth we have heard. Or we drift, or we may drift away from it. Or we may drift away from it. Verse 2. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. Verse 3. So what makes you think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation? You want to know what Jesus was preaching? This great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself. He brought truth, not the law. He brought grace. So he was announcing the works of grace, the truth about himself, because he is the truth. And so that's what he was referring, that if we, if, we, if we believe his testimony, what he's talking about, that we cannot be shifted, we cannot be moved. Let me read verse 3 again, Hebrew 2, verse 3. So what makes you think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself? And then... Delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Who heard him speak? They heard him speak of this great salvation. The work of the cross, which he came to accomplish. Verse 4. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. Whenever he chose. Which means it wasn't just, it wasn't even always. It's whenever he chose. So Jesus testified about himself as the Messiah. He preached the gospel, referring to himself, so that people would believe in him. He said to the Jews, he said, you, you people read scriptures and do all these things. You think you get life in doing that. He said, but the scriptures 
point to me. The scriptures is revealing me to you. So you can come to me and have life, but you won't. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. See what Jesus was preaching? That's what he's saying. These saints of mine, quit these apostles are preaching to you. This thing they had me preach. If you can believe them and act on them, nothing will bring you down. Remember, he met his disciples when he rose from the dead. He, the Bible says he took them through scriptures about himself. He said, these things ought to happen to the Messiah now, that he has to suffer to enter his glory. He was talking about himself. He was trying to show them from the, gospel, from the Bible that he was the Messiah. So they can believe in him. So he didn't bring the law. Unfortunately, people thought that Jesus brought the law. He did. He brought the truth. Actually, when he came, the law came to an end. The law ceased to be. The ministry of Moses ended. A new dispensation started. As we read there yesterday in Acts chapter 32, verse 20, Acts 20 verse 32, sorry, not that. Acts 20 verse 32, as we read yesterday, and so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is what Jesus, the Bible said that the apostles said we preached what we had him preach. Great salvation message. And here Paul is saying to the church, as he was preparing to leave this world, he said, I, so now I entrust you into God's hands, the message of his grace. He wasn't going to see this efficiency anymore. This was the last time. He called all their pastors and they had a meeting, and this was the message he left with them, that I'm entrusting you into this one thing, into God's hands and the message of his grace. The gospel, what Jesus did for us. Quit is all that you need to become strong. Another translation said, all you need to grow. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace. All of it. God's best came to us through Christ. That's why the message about Christ and the cross brings you God's best. There's no other means he came to you. God's best came through Christ. So if you want to receive it, you've got to know it. That's what I was saying yesterday, that miracles don't build faith. It can make you aware. Miracle has a place. It can make you aware, advertise the work. But if all you focus on is this miracle, you don't have faith in any glorious. You can't have faith in any glorious. You can't. 
you got to come and know those things that Christ has done for you so you can appropriate them. When I was living off miracles, my wife and I didn't even have the single faith to ask God for anything. We were praying that God will show our pastor, say, we'll pray for us. This true story. Until God opened my eyes that you have all these things in Christ. I'm like, what? Yeah. You have them in Christ. And my life, my family changed. Immediately. I took control of my home. And all, they were very sick all of them. And I, I tell my wife, I said, go and sleep. Leave me with this. I'll get up and rebuke the devil. Say, come and get out of this house. I, I pounded my whole house. Ran the devil out of my house. All my children were sick. The whole family. We had a bucket of medicine. I threw everything away. I said, I didn't know I have all these things. And I'm waiting for somebody. No, no, no. no. I, I stood up. I said, no, in Jesus' name. You there was one day, I remember one of my children, his head was blowing up like this before us. I said to him, keep him here. Go to bed. Leave him with him. I said, devil, I deal with you immediately. I have the authority. I, I didn't know this. I have the authority in the name of Jesus. I said, you leave my child. The head came back. Pam immediately. But I was with him before. Because I didn't know this. I saw miracles. It made me aware. But it didn't build my faith. Until I knew the person in whom my faith is anchored. That was when I rose up. And became a real Christian in my household. And I taught my children. One time Christmas was coming. They, they came to me, no children. Daddy, you know what, to, what I buy for them for Christmas. I said, you write a list of what you want. Pray over it and see God supplied. They wrote, in fact, they wrote fridge. I remember that they wrote fridge. I said, what color? They put the color. And they prayed. And the fridge came. And I called. I said, see that thing you asked for? See, ask God. So I started to teach them the same thing I found out. That they too have access to, to God and they have to wait for daddy. They don't have to wait for pastor. Yeah, miracle has its own place. You can advertise the work. But if all, that's all you're, because all we're talking about is what happened. Man, did you see the how we, oh, we see this lemma. Well, that's all we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus. And we didn't know him. And we were weak. Father, was the day everybody was sick. Me and my wife were going to get medicine for them. She felt, became so tired, she slumped. I was the only one standing. When she was pregnant with Onyeka, cockroaches would come, six floor on our, on our window, be making crocodile, and as they're making the boy, be moving the boot. We didn't know anything. The one we knew. And I would spray share talks on them, they would stay there. Me and my talks. But when I began to know the Lord, in one second, I ran them out of town. All the witches that were fighting my wife, you can ask her the story. She went to school. They came to the principal. They said, go and tell Mrs. Simone to tell the husband to leave us alone. How did they know? Because I came to know. I came to know Christ. I came to know what he did. The message of his grace revealed to me what he has made me to be, which I didn't know before. And I was waiting for pastor. You don't have to wait for no pastor. You don't need no prophet. It is unscriptural to go to a prophet to tell you anything. It's not New Testament who are doing this. Because you can hear the voice of God. My sheep hear what? My voice. 
and they follow me. It's not, it doesn't mean you are super, you are supernatural. No, it is the same. every ship has the same privilege. Every ship. You have it, I have it, everybody has it. And you don't have it because you are, you are holier than anybody. That's what the scripture is saying. Paul is saying, Ephesians, I will not see you again, but let, let me, I will see you again. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but he's saying, Ephesians, I want to commend you to what will keep you till you see Christ into the hand of God and the words of his grace, which will reveal to you all your blessings so you can now walk in them yourself. And in walking in them, you bring God all their glory. That's what he was telling them. That's, what, that's why your topic is also the sure Foundation. Sure foundation. There was a, a pastor that visited us here from Nigeria. He said, he came to me, he said, Pastor, you mean after service you don't have a line of people coming for you to pray for them? I said, What for? I said, They can pray for themselves. Why do they need me? Why is my prayer different from that? Is it that God, am I special to God or what? See, their prayer is as good as anyone. They pray in Jesus, and I pray in Jesus. If they come to me to pray, what difference does it They can say the same prayer. You know, we, we, oh, Lord, when I came to know this truth, do you know I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in my bedroom? I didn't need anybody. I said to God, what? This is a gift you gave. Oh, why have I been waiting for it? I said, who waits for a gift? I said, Lord, thank you for the gift. The Holy Spirit has come. I said, and you promised us this. You promised this to us, and I'm now saved. And I say, I receive this baptism right now by faith in Jesus' name. I started speaking in tongues. I didn't need anybody to come and lay hands on me. And from that day, I learned that God wants us really to be independent. So we become more effective. And then, and then they, uh, we'll, look, we won't have food. I asked my wife, says, how much do we need? She would tell me, I'll go and write it on the wall, put a scripture there and say, Lord, this is your word. You supply all our needs. This is the need of this home. And I thank you for it. No long prayer. Pray, I thank you for it. I say it's coming. And I will, I will go to work. She's a living witness. I'll go to work and that money will come into my hands exactly that amount I'll give it to her. Not once, not twice, not one month, not two months. Steady. We won't have food. I tell her to set the table. She will set the table. And I come and say, Lord, you supply all I need. You are faithful. I said, the table is set. He said, you, the, I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Not going to beg for bread. And, and she'll be looking at me like I lost my mind. And after I pray that prayer, I go and sit down. I just go into the room. Just look. By in confidence and quietness, you possess what? It's not by all this rattling noise you have everywhere, everywhere you sleep, stressing yourself. What are you sick of? What Jesus already did? Is that why you're doing all of this? That's why you won't see anything. Because you are building on nothing that is like you have not built on Christ. Brethren, do you know? Somebody they bring when they bring this food in abundance. And this day, I'm not talking of once. This is my son here. He, he followed me out in this house. We went, I said, Daddy, I've seen God walk in your life with my eyes. 
That's how you teach your family. It's not just what, what, what. No, no. They have to see that this is for, for it. So I've seen God walk your life. He said, your life changed me. He's there. That's what, that's what Paul was saying. Acts 20, 32. Let me read it again. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace. You don't need lullabies. You don't need all these rituals. You, it's taking away your time. Refocusing you from Christ to people and human beings and groups. What less you don't need them. I didn't need them. I found the only thing I need is Christ himself. And once you find him, you are sufficient. You are complete. You are good to go. Can I hear him? And so now I trust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. Become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through this message of his grace. All of it. If this, if this is to the Holy Spirit right now, why shouldn't you listen to it and simply follow it? You want all of God's blessings? Yeah, he telling you how it comes. No, we won't do that. <laughs> want to do 40 days dry, 100 days dry, we won't sleep. Where did the scripture say that that's how it comes? Jesus said, these saints of mine, these saints of mine, this is what I'm telling you, if you follow them, let this, let that. No matter what happens, you are not following. Why not follow it? Simple. But you know, you want to follow the one that looks like religion. Very soft. You know, they said to Naaman, go and wash and be whole. He said, is that all? Yeah? This man should come here and uh, wave his hand over my head now. So it looks like. He said, and even the water is telling me to wash. We have better water in the Damascus. What, what is he telling me to do? A small girl says, sir, if he told you to do something more serious, won't you do it? Don't you want to be here? Just go and do what he said. Simply wash. You'll be clean. You know what that means? When you are washed in Christ, you are leprosy. Simply wash. All the waters you have may look clean, but the only thing that can wash you is the blood. Simply wash. You are clean. Oh, I wouldn't believe that. <laughs> I wouldn't believe that. Because you want to wave your hand, call on Jesus seven times, turn to the north ten times. Seven. <laughs> it's unbelievable how the devil is messing people up. And God has called us to rest. What is rest? What did Jesus say? Come on, tell me, all you that are heavily laden, I will give you more laden. What did he say will give us? I didn't hear you. What is rest? The Bible told us what rest is. Cease from all your labor. Cease from all those things you are doing, because I have done everything, paid it for you. Why are you doing all of those things? Cease from all your labor. Enter into my rest. Stop. Stop. When you are doing it, you may stop things. Colossians 3.16. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church 
at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Paul, why are you organizing for the church? Oh, this man knew what it takes to experience the glory of Christ. He wanted the church to experience Christ. He has met Christ. He knew what Christ, who he was. He knew the power that Jesus had. Verse 2, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. And I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. That they understand this plan God has made for them for their glory, for their own good. The only plan God has made is Christ himself. What he did in Christ is the only plan. No plan B. Then verse 3, he says something amazing. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All you want to know is in him. Verse 4, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted argument. So that's why I'm telling you this. Don't go get deceived by religious and rituals and all this. You don't need them. You don't need them. You know, in Queen's College, where we lived, they, 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 they burned all Pentecostal churches, everybody, out of the school. The Muslims were fighting, and they succeeded. So the school now banned everybody from coming to preach there. And then the, 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 the witches started to harass all the students. In the night, they were screaming. And you know, the Queen, Queen's College then was full of all the children of ambassadors and ministers and commissioners, you know, all these very rich people. They were screaming to Ebina. You hear them screaming around all over the place. Real story. So the staff had a meeting. They were fr frightened themselves. <laughs> so they had a meeting. So how do we solve uh, this problem of these children screaming in the night and get, you know, this which is all over the place? They said, we have a pastor living in the compound now. You know, they, they, remember they kicked us out. Don't talk about Jesus here. So they said, oh, we have a pastor. Let's invite him to come and be holding morning prayer, you know, very early morning prayers for the students. And the, the, the principal wrote to me. <laughs> I said, really? Said, yeah. The school said, please come and be holding five o'clock. Is it five? 6.30 to, 6.30 to what? Okay, 6 to 6.30. I said, good. 30 minutes is good to preach the gospel. Do you know, every, I never traveled. I took that commission with all my heart. I never, if you, to go to the village, I refused because I didn't want to miss that. that uh, I said, God, opportunity. All my prayer was on that. My heart was in it. So every sister will be there. Every sister will be there. I'm ready. It's not easy. Every sister will be there. Do you know what happened? All that screaming stopped. Not once did I bind or lose anything. Not once. All we were preaching was Christ and him crucified. The light of the gospel shone and darkness disappeared. That's all. Nothing. See, if you are dealing with demonic spirits, don't deal with demonic spirits by traditions of me. You don't know what you're doing. Let the Holy Spirit do what? guide you. How to do it. Because the method they use there may not be the method you use there. 
you don't make a doctrine out of these things. You let the Spirit of God guide. Never mention Satan one day. Didn't even mention what they were passing through. All I was preaching to them is Christ and Him crucified. And they, the thing became so effective that the principal noticed. And then they did what they call Founders Day and invited me to preach. Can you believe that? And that day they will bring all the big, all the parents will come, big shots, the place will be packed with cars. Muslims will preach and Christians will, will preach. So when I came, I know I didn't know anything, I didn't plan anything, I didn't even have a sermon. The Lord told me, say, go there and tell them a story about a song. I remember it very well. I said, story, say, I tell them a story. Just tell them a story, make the altar call, see what I would do then. And that's what I did. I didn't have someone new. I went, and then when we got there, the place was packed. So the Muslims went and told the person that was coordinating that they want me to speak first. So after I finished, they will counter what I said. See how God works. The person went to call and called them to speak first. So when he called them, they were looking at each other. <laughs> this is not what right. And But I saw them. I didn't know why. So they spoke. Very, very articulate message Suleiman gave them. And then they invited me. And I told them the story. And after I told them the story, blessed are all us. Jesus is my heart. You know, I told them the story of that hymn the person that wrote it, and the difficulty he was facing. And I made an altar call. The whole students gave their life to Christ. The principal sat there. At a point, she shouted, said, hey, she was lost. She didn't know what she shouted. Hey. And after that meeting, she's a witness. All the Christian community went out and started singing, dancing, the whole compound. The whole, I didn't know. They were dancing. The whole compound. All the teachers, they were, that Jesus has walked all over the compound. I didn't even know that the Muslims were confronting them, trying to build a mosque within the compound. Do you know that mosque was never built again? Not even a block anymore. Jesus is the only plan. Can I hear him? Don't leave him and talk any of that. All power he says. Glory he says. He's exalted above everything. You don't need rituals. You don't need how to do it. You don't need all of that. The sure foundation. Oh, if you if can believe him, all things become possible. So he said, Colossians 3 says, said, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. That's what scripture says. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful heart because of Jesus. And what he did, he already defeated those demonic spirits and their kingdom. What battle is there? 
He enforced him with his victory. When you praise him, worship him, when you preach his word, when you declare his name, his glory shows forth. Shows forth. At the mention of his name. Didn't even say it's only through prayer. Even in preaching, at the mention of his name. The bow. The bow. At the preaching of his name. At the declaration of his name. That name. Jesus is God's only plan. In him dwells all the fullness of God in bodily form. All the authority of heaven is vested in for the benefit of the church. And so the Bible says we must be rooted now and granted and built up in him. Colossians 2.7 Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be... Remind me at the end. I, I want to teach you a song I learned in the dream. I will tell you the story if I still have time. If I don't have time, next year's women's conference. I'm telling you, there was a time I had in that dream. Colossians 3 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Our lives should be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness as you see the majesty of Jesus, the manifestations of his glory. You will be full of thankfulness as he shows himself strong on behalf of those who trust him. As he rises in glory in your life, in your family. To show that those who trust in him will never be put to shame. You'll be filled with thankfulness. Thankfulness. So verse 8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. Cast and nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So don't, don't do all this kind of stuff. Why? Verse 9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human form. You don't need, that's nothing else. Verse 10, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You're complete. Nothing is lacking. You don't need rituals. You don't need this. You don't need the 12 midnight, 1 a.m. You don't need all of that junk. You are complete with Christ. You are good to go. Anytime you call on his name, it works for you. Whether it's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m., that's no time. You have access to God, unlimited access. Anytime you want, you wake up, you have access. You, 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 you're in the car, you have access. Bathroom, you have access. There's no time. You, you, are his, you are a member of the family. You can come boldly anytime you want to. Anytime you want
Ephesians 3.16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you. Can somebody say amen? amen? He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 17. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. You will realize his reality in your heart as you trust him. He will be very active in your heart. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Did you see any other thing that the scripture is recommending for you? Nothing. So why do all those things? Our relationship with God is based only on faith in Christ. Nothing else. God owes you nothing apart from what Christ paid for, period. If I give you, can give you prepaid card for $100, all you are entitled to is what that $100 can buy. If you go and take something of $500, I don't owe it to you. By giving you $100, what I'm saying, all I owe you is what? $100. All that God owes you is what Jesus paid for. If you go for any other thing, it doesn't owe you anything. Zero. And your relationship and my relationship with God, our covenant with God is based on the cross, the blood, the death and burial resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the only one that guarantees that covenant. There is nothing you can do to guarantee that covenant. Nothing. If you like fast, if you don't fast, that's not what guarantees your relationship with God. If you remove Christ, you have no God in this life. That's what Ephesians 2, 2 verse 12 says. It says, a man without Christ is without God, without hope, hopeless in this world. It's only Christ, Jesus, that guarantees your relationship with God. Nothing else. And you do know that nobody comes to the Father except what? Except what? I'm not hearing you. Except what? Through Christ. You can't come through any other thing. Having confidence in these other things. That's why people don't get anything and they open the door to demons. I was studying the book of Revelation. I was shocked to see there are demons assigned to do these things in the world. And they're doing that. They're assigned to cause immorality and all manner of terrible, terrible immoral activities. There are those ones assigned to perform false miracles. There are those ones assigned for people to go after money and live in after this luxurious type of life. And I'm saying, but this is what many Christians are doing. Demons are assigned to make people love money and love the things of the world. I'm like, what? Yeah. You say, do they do that? <laughs> Let me ask us a question. When you go to work, do you go to late every day? No, you can't afford it. But when it comes to the things of God, do you, you go to late all the time, sometimes. Why do we treat the things of God differently? You know? Ephesians 2.18 
Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because, because, because of what? I want you to read it. Because, let's read it louder. Come on. Because, that's how we come, that's why we come to the Father. You can't invent any other reason. Here's the cornerstone. If you remove him, everything falls apart. This is one reason people's prayer is not answered. Because they come to God on other basis. Thinking that God is impressed with this, impressed with God is not impressed with anything else. God knows we are fallen sinners. We have fallen short of his glory. There's nothing to impress him with. And he knows that all that attempt to be, to be whatever doesn't reach anywhere. So he gave us Christ to make a new and, a new and life-giving way to come to God is through his flesh, through his death. If you know that, Wigglesworth says something very, very amazing. He said, he said, in 10 minutes I can get answer from God through knowledge of Christ that people can get yelling at God all night. And that's true. Because that's what Jesus said. He said, if you want your prayers always answered, let my word dwell what? And then abide in me. If you abide in me, if you trust me, and my word is in you, so you can get anything you want from God. Because God will do it because of me. If you ask anything in my name, God will give it to you. Oh, we don't trust that. So we want to do some other thing. <laughs> this one. And God is saying, who prescribed that? Where did you get that? You know, we even sometimes, we enjoy even believing without all these things. We think it's normal. Philippians 3 says, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Because the only thing that brings me to the presence of God is what Christ has done, not what I have done. I pray that everybody will understand this. And it's when you know this that God, you cannot, God cannot change you and make you what you should be. That's when God can walk in your life. Romans 3.20. No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Then you know we are restored to favor only through Christ Jesus. Are you getting anything? Can I continue? We are restored to favor only through Christ Jesus. That will tell you is the real sure foundation and the cornerstone that if you're removing in your relationship with God, and the enemy wants you to remove him. He wants to replace him. He wants you to do this and do this and do that. Punish you. And you know, in, in human imagination, if it's in that, no, yeah, I haven't punished myself, God is now obligated. And God said, no. If righteousness comes by that thing you are doing, then my son died in vain. Why did he die for you? To create a new and living way. You are creating a dead way. He kept a living way for you through his blood. You won't accept what he's done. You are, you are denying the cross and wanting me to look at you. Why did I kill my son? Do you think it's a joke? Like I killed my only begotten son for you. Now you want to set him aside? 
Paul said, I will never set aside the grace of God. Can't set it aside. Because you set it aside, you're setting aside the, the entire work on the cross. And saying, no, it's not for me. I found a better way than Christ. God, from what I've done, you can't be impressed by this, okay? They will stamp it denied. You know, I told this story. I had terrible tooth pain. Man, it was so painful. I, I quoted all the scripture on healing all night. The thing was killing me. Whoa. And the thing has a wolf. When I sleep, it pulls me to wake me up. And then the man said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know how long I'm going to survive this. It's too painful. And the Lord said to me, because now you are a great man of faith. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> I said, really? He said, you are so proud of your faith. It's not going anywhere. He said, how about my mercy? He said, yeah. You think you are now a great man of faith, so it's, you are boasting in your... So it's not going anywhere. It's not responding to you. It will respond to my son. He said, it's of the lost mercy. And my mercy is made available to you in Christ. He said, you are coming through you, great man of faith. He said, said I'm telling you, it's not going to. It gets getting worse. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, I depend on the grace and mercy of God that you gave us in Christ. Instantly, the thing stopped. Instantly. Pump. Stop. Didn't go further. Romans 3, 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone has seen though, we all have shot of the well, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And we must convince ourselves about these foundational truths. You know the Jews didn't accept it. He came to his own and his own did not receive it. They didn't accept it. Why? They had the law. They had Moses and the law. They said, What's he talking about? And the same thing is happening in the body of Christ. People have been brought up by sense knowledge teachers who teach only religious things, the do's and don'ts. And then they think, what's he talking about grace? No, no, we have the law, we have Moses, we have... They reject grace. They reject grace. And they don't know that they're rejecting the cross, totally. Look at Romans 10.1. I, brethren, with all my heart's desire and goodwill for Israel, I long and pray to God that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a certain zeal and enthusiasm for God. They do, but it is not enlightened and according to correct and vital knowledge. It's not enlightened. They are in ignorance. Verse 3. For being ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribes, which makes one acceptable to him in what thought and deed, and, and seeking to establish a righteousness, a means of salvation of their own, they did not obey or submit themselves to God's righteousness. They were ignorant. 
For Christ is the end of the law. Is the end of the law, the limit at which it ceases to be, for the law lifts up to him who is the fulfillment of his type, and in him the purpose which it was designed to designed to accomplish is fulfilled. That is the purpose of the law. The law reveals that we are sinners, and Christ came to save us from sin. The law points you to Christ. Points you to Jesus, that you need to be saved from this thing. That's holy, because all the laws, you are breaking them now. So you need Christ. When Christ came, the law ceased. A new dispensation came. He came to deliver us from the sin we committed. What is sin? We broke those laws. And we keep breaking them. And then we, by nature, have the nature of sin. So he said, for Christ is the end of the law, the limit at which it ceases to be, verse uh, Verse 5, for Moses writes that the man who can practice the righteousness, perfect conformity to God's will, which is based on the law, which is which with all its intricate demands, shall live by it. Verse 6, but the righteousness based on faith, imputed by God and bringing right relationship with him, says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead as it could be. Be, as if we could be saved by our own efforts. But what does it say? The word, God's message in Christ, is near you, on your lips, in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis, and the object of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe, adhere to and trust and trust in, rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God brings you into a relationship with him. You will be saved. Moses said, if you keep all the laws, then you and God are okay. But grace says, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved and you are brought into a relationship with God. And Moses said, if you keep all the laws. But the scripture says, none is righteous. No not And the scripture said, by the deeds of that law shall no man be justified. No. So the grace says, let me give you what you can't achieve free. Let me pay for it for you with my life so you can assess it. If you can believe in what I did for you, acknowledge me as the Christ, your Savior, and the Lord of your life, God will accept you. Now let's go over to Romans 9, 30. What does it, all this mean then? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they didn't have the law, they were made right with God. It was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. Instead of by trusting in him. Instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scripture when he said, I'm placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble. A rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him 
will never be this group. But people will fall because they look at him and say, this, can this, this will make me sin, make me commit. And they'll be falling. Because the one that he is the only one who can make you not commit sin. If you know who he is and what God gave you. So let's talk about how to live right in, the, in view of all these things. Remember, it is impossible thing to do unless we walk by faith. The only thing that pleases God is to walk by faith in him. And believe his word because that is what says that he is God. Hebrew 11 says, but without faith it is what? Did you put it up? Without, let's read it, one, two, go. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. What is impossible? It can't be done. It can't be done. So if you want to live right, live a life that, that pleases God, you must go walk on your faith. Without faith in Christ, it is impossible to please him. You can't do it. I've said it before. Every time we think of pleasing God and doing what pleases him, we think of how to get better, what to do better, what not to do. What to all is good. It's wonderful. I do that. We all should do that. And then generally, we we'll preach because we mean well. We want people to live right. We encourage them to obey God. And it's right. And we should obey God. But that's not all the story. Because when I encourage you, obey God, obey God, obey God. On what basis are you going to be able to do that? Because what you do is you storm out here and start trying to obey God on your because pastor said, so I'm going to, you completely forget that without Christ, you can do nothing. You totally forget it. Because all that someone is, obey God. And it sounds religious. Oh, Christians, you must obey God. That's what I had growing up. I said, you must obey God. And it's good, we should obey. But there's a caveat. Why Jesus said, without me, you can do and so without faith in me, you can't do that. But here I've been told, obey God, but I haven't been told this thing that makes it uh, possible. So I keep failing. I try. Fail. Keep trying. I keep failing. And I keep failing. I keep failing. I have discounted the sure foundation, the cornerstone, and everything I'm building is what? Falling apart. But the devil knows that you're trying to do this on your own. He laughs at you, waits for you to come out of the church. At the parking lot, he'll get somebody to do something, you get angry. He won't wait. Ah, I told you a story of one man who was singing, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus, you know, whatever he leaves, I will go. They were singing it in church. The man was, then they got into the car to go home, and the wife said that our young little boy needs a shoe. He said, I'm out of bank. Eh? We just got out of church. All you're talking about is you. 
He hasn't even gotten home. And the small boy's shoe brought him down. That's the one who was singing, I have decided, you know, to follow Jesus. Wherever he leads, I will follow. His boy's shoe in the parking lot and the car brought him to the floor. That's what I'm trying to point out. Don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. We have to obey God, but there's a way to get it done. It's not by human. It's by dependence on the strength that Christ supplies you. It's on dependence on he who lives in you, who is the only hope of uh, glory. Without him, no glory. Without him, you can't overcome. You can't do without him. So you see, when we say to people, you have to obey God, you have to, it sounds good, but it produces self-righteousness. What people think they are doing that pleases God, not what Christ is doing, for which they will return glory to him. And faith is not only just don't tell lies, don't know. Faith is more than that. When you say to me, a Christian shouldn't tell lies, you know you have the life of Christ now. And Christ is at work in you. His nature doesn't do that. You should know what life he has given you. You are directing me to, to Christ so that I can draw from him and see what he has worked in my life. Now, there's another dimension of it that doesn't have anything to obey specifically. And if you don't do that, you are still not pleasing God. For instance, I said to her, come, come. You know, come. You know, that is obeying me, right? That's one point. Okay, you stay here. Then I said to her, do you know I've made you a new creature? Is there anything to obey now? No. Except to believe what I've said. So that come, it's one part. But I'm now telling her the works I have done. I have made you a new what? She won't, if she doesn't believe me, she calls me a liar. She's not pleasing me. It's as bad as not coming when I call her. It's not different. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. It's the same thing I think. So faith encompasses trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ what he has done, what the testimony of God. If God, if God says to you, sin shall not have dominion over you anymore, you simply believe that, confess it, trust God in it, and you see it working in your life. If God says to you, go and return that shoe you took from a, a sister, you say, thank you, Lord. I'll go return. Well, I love her, and I love you, and I'll go return it with joy. That's faith. Why are you doing that? Because you trust the Lord that he loves you enough to tell you what is good for you. You return it. It says faith makes you do what God said, makes you believe what God said he has done for you. All of that, believing God and doing that, is what will please God. Am I clear? Is anybody confused? If you understand, shout Hallelujah. First John 15. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself, but he that believeth not 
God had made him a liar because he believed not the record that God gave his, of his son. If God says, I've healed you, there's nothing to obey there now. But faith says, believe it. And you have to believe. When you believe it to please God, you are saying to God, you are the almighty. You are really God. That's what Abraham did. Abraham said, because it's God, he said this thing. That's what it is. And God was so pleased that this man recognizes him as God. But when you doubt God, you are saying, I don't really recognize you as God. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. If you are, if you are God, this will be true. But what you're telling me is not true. It doesn't please. Even you won't please you if somebody is treating you like that. So we live right. Can I continue? Let me ask my boss. Okay. Somebody shout hallelujah. I just want to make sure we're together here. Don't forget the song I said I will teach you. We live right only because of the new life. He gave us. You can't live what you don't have. You can't. Philippians 3, 2. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly Circumcised. How do we worship by the Spirit of God? How do we worship by the Spirit of God? Look at it here. We rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. That's how. We rely on what Christ has what? Done for us. And we put no confidence in human effort. That's how. When you rely on what Christ has done for you, those things manifest. You see them manifest, the spirit life manifest. When you rely on human effort, the human nature manifests. It's just as simple. That's why I say the just shall live by faith. Second Peter 1 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Do that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. You become a partaker of the divine nature. Become a partaker of the divine nature. Not by, it's by what Christ fulfilled for you on the cross that makes you. Look, me and my wife were at this shop, right? We just came out of the car. One man came from nowhere. He said, eh, I know you people. I know you. <laughs> he said, the most important book, part of the Bible is going to read Leviticus. Read Leviticus. And, but I know you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it was good. So, my wife was good. My wife said, come near me, please. <laughs> I forgot all that things we were saying. I said, he recognizes who we are. That spirit knows who we are. And he knows who you Another time, we're not pastors. This time we're just church people. They told us to take one brother who, he will have immorality with the, with the, the landlord's daughter and become mad. 
to lose his mind. So they were taking him to church, and they told us to take him home. The boy came out, he said, I'm not entering that car. He said, there's somebody there. I'm not entering. There's somebody in that car. I'm not, they try, they, there's nothing they need to, he said, no, 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 there's somebody. I'm not entering. He's there, and I'm not entering. I say he's seen the Lord who said, I will never leave you for sick. Divine nature, that's what we have. When we came to Christ, the old sinful nature was cut away. And God gave us his nature. That's divine. That's how you became partaker of divine nature. You carry divine nature. You carry it. You have it. You are not going to get it. You already have it. And all that God says is acknowledge it. And it starts manifesting. It starts manifesting. But if you don't, if you don't believe that, you start acting religious. You think by doing these things, you can bring divine nature to manifest. No. It manifests because God made you part of his life. He gave you the life of Jesus. Gave you the life of Jesus. His nature is in you. That's why you are his son. That's why you're his daughter. If you don't have his spirit, you don't belong to him. That's why you have divine. Tell yourself, I have divine nature. Say, come on, say it one more time. You have divine nature. When the demons showed up when I buried my mother or something, in the night, you know in the village, they have like, they showed up very tall something. Man, and they bent over me. I said, I don't have time for you. I said, you are a spirit, I'm also a spirit. Born of the spirit, born again, born of God, child of God. I said, you don't frighten me. I said, listen, when you finish wasting your time, you can't get out of it. I said, I'm sleeping. God is my witness, I turn to sleep. I said, but, but by the way, I said, the thing that makes me angry is that you even have the God to enter where I am. I said, before I count three, I said, before I count three, in Jesus' name, one, two, three, before I count three, the thing went, we, 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 like why wind, warm out. I knew my nature. I didn't depend on the pastor. I didn't need a pastor. Christ was with me. Can I hear him? And I'm complete. And now I have all I need to deal with it. I am totally complete. It's in me. I don't need rituals. I don't need that. No, I don't need it. All I need is here. His completeness. His, he made me complete. I'm good to go. I have his authority. I have his power. I have his nature. And I'm not ordinary. I am peculiar. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you read about the prophet Obudiah, Obudiah was a prophet. He wrote Obudiah, but he left his family in, 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 in debt. That they carried his, the, the, the widow said, you, said to Elisha, you know your servant. He walked with, he walked with uh, Elisha, Elisha, Elisha. He said, you know your servant Obudiah, the prophet. That he said that, and, and people are coming to take his children. He left his children in purity, left his wife in purity. Yet he was a prophet of God. And Elijah said, get vessels. 
bring as many what? Vessels. Lock the door. Pour that last oil in them. Why didn't Obadiah do the same thing? Yet he served under the simple. Read it. And the Bible says he obeyed the law with all his heart. Read it. Why couldn't he do the same thing? He didn't know he could do what Elisha could do. If he knew, he wouldn't leave his family. That people were coming to take his children after he died. And another prophet who knew God said, okay, you get vessels. Did, they, did, did that prophet pray? No, he just said, get vessels and pour. And then the oil was. The difference within the two of them is one knew God more. The other one did it. Even though he obeyed God, he was a very good Christian, but he wasn't enjoying the blessings. Divine nature. How many of us have it? Then put it to use. Put it to use. Can I hear amen? amen. I said, can I hear amen? amen? You know this church, we borrowed 2.2 million three years ago. You know how much is remaining? 500 and something thousand. I told my wife, I said, I called Chuka. I said, Chuka, how come we have lost confidence in God this much that we're acting like regular people? See, this is the church of the living God. We should, we're not paying loans like regular people. I said, well, our source is from heaven. I said, we start paying like people who trust the divine source. I said, we're not going to be acting like regular people do calculation. I said, all these calculators, throw them away. We're no more calculating anything. We're acting by faith. This is how much we pay every month and God will bring it. The, the bank said, how did you people pay down 2.3 million, 2.2 million in two years, three years and how? Divine nature. You call things that are not as if they were. You pronounce things that will happen and they happen. God gets excited. Say, this is the imitator of his father. He's following the footsteps of his uh, father. That's why without faith, it's impossible to please God. God wants to see you live like him. Get things done. Live extraordinary life. Live life that is beyond. People can't explain it. If you're ordinary, the gospel you are preaching won't be effective. You have to, you have to be somebody that the neighborhood is saying, there's something about. And then we talk about the gospel. They all want to hear. Praise the Lord. I, I say, praise the Lord. My own brother, he keeps writing me, Chris, I say, brother, in the next world, I want you to be my brother. He said, he said, I don't know where you get the wisdom. I don't know where you get it. He said, brother, please, ask her what my sister said. My own friend's sister, the same woman. The testimony that girl is giving in London. She would take my teaching and play it in the group home. Bring everybody to come and hear what this place is. I'm telling you. Remember, it's, it's, not, it's not allowed. She would do it. He said, at least two times. She would tell you, I, I don't want to, to say more. Your life should be something that the world can't explain. Because you have the divine nature. Get out of religion. Get into Christ and live in power. Can I hear amen? amen. 
when things happen, others are crying. You stand up and say, I know in whom believe. My Redeemer, leave it. No matter what happens here, the word of God remains true. God says, that's my daughter. Heaven rejoices. That's a, you know, it's a form of worship. It's a form of praise. So praising him for who he is and what he's doing. You, you believe his word. You please him. But you can't be denying his word. Anything that you deny his word, you, you, you deny there, deny there, you're looking for rituals to do. He said, did I prescribe that in the Bible? I gave you Jesus. I didn't give you this. And you grieve the Holy Spirit. And you don't please God. Nothing is working. That's why we come to church late. I'm not talking of like today we came because I know many of you came from work. You know, we're working. Doing, so I, that, this, I'm not talking of this meeting. I'm talking of regular Sunday service where we're not working in the morning now. Why are we working in the morning? But some people work, I know that. But most majority of us don't. Now, those who work, I know. They do their best, but majority don't work now. Praise the Lord. Are you getting anything? So we are changed into new creatures. Is that new change? Is that divine nature? Is that new life you have that makes you live the life of God? If you didn't have it, you can't live what you don't have. And living the life of God is not just, you know, it's not just like, you know, I'm a hood. No. It's living the whole glory and power and authority of heaven. Living the life of the kingdom. Being a representation of the kingdom. In all its, all its ramifications. Speaking to sicknesses, speaking to this, exercising authority, walking in glory. Dr. Anosa told us a story. He went to do conference somewhere. I saw all these prostitutes looking for money. So one came to him. And he said to the woman, he said, we are looking at a dead man. The guy said, what did he say? I am a dead human being. That guy turned and took off. He was giving his testimony. The person that do this kind of thing is dead. This person is a new creature. He has the nature of God. You don't attract me. Case closed. Holds no attraction for you. Case closed. Galatians 6.15. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into the new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. What matters is the new life you have. This born again shouldn't be a jargon to us. It's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. Shouldn't be, uh, I'm, 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 I'm born too. Me, I'm born. It's a very serious thing. The Holy Spirit said, that is what matters. Transformed into this new creation so that you can live the life of the kingdom, the life of the spirit, not the natural life. When you talk, your word is different. It's coming from a different kingdom. 
come from a totally different kingdom. The things that make people mad don't make you mad. When you hear, because you don't respond to those things. I'm telling the truth. You don't respond to those things. You see them how God sees them. With compassion. Yeah. And when you speak, because it's from heaven, it has result. See my children. I don't talk to them anyhow. I don't talk to them. If they can do something, I'm not talking about it immediately. I'm just keeping quiet. I say, Lord, I don't have wisdom. Timing is your hand. Wisdom comes from you. If you don't speak, I have nothing to say. It could be the day nothing happened. You will know he created that opportunity. And when you start talking, it's coming from your spirit. Watch the result. It breaks yokes. Because that word is anointed. It shatters yokes. One time the Lord said, I want you to pray for your children that I give them wisdom. He told my wife the same thing. He said, I want to give them wisdom. Pray for them. You see, spirit-sourced prayer works all the time. But when your prayer comes from the flesh, it will profit what? All this fleshly thing. <laughs> if you stop the spirit, it's in rest. It's in complete confidence and faith. You pray. Because you know within you that the answer is there. It's there. And when you pray, you forget it and go your way. Faith comes from hearing him. Praise the Lord. I, I said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see what I was saying yesterday? They, they called me from another country and said, we want to start a branch of your church. I didn't, I didn't call anybody. I didn't discuss anything. That's how the street works. And he told me ahead of time. He said, speak to this church that the branches will come forth. He said, start speaking. Call it by name and call the branches to come forth. I started. It looked foolish. But the first branch came forth. And he told me, he said, many will come forth. He said, I didn't bring you out of first square to keep you like this. I have a big plan for you. And he said, when these things are happening, don't look down on your other brothers. The first branch came without my effort. Not. <laughs> Not. And they are so enthusiastic. Remember they speak French, you? Me, I speak English. How many of you speak French? None, so forget. <laughs> Just don't, don't go there. That's how this way it works. It's not by power. It's not by might. He alone by himself does tough. He opens a door where there's no door. So he becomes a testimony. No manipulation. When we left Foursquare, he told me, he said, I want you to get out. 
And he said, I've been telling you this. Why are you not doing what I told you? And many of you started to tell me that God spoke to you. I took, they started telling me, God told us this. See how God works. And then we followed all the things they said we should do. We voted, we announced. God sent the international president of Foursquare. I've never met him. Never talked to him. Didn't ask him to come. Didn't desire him to come. Didn't even remember him. And this man calls and says, I want to see you and your wife. From California. I said, you want? I said, okay, can we talk by Zoom? He said, no, I'm coming. He came on a Friday. Stayed Friday. Saturday. I thought he would come on Saturday and preach Sunday. He came Friday. He didn't go to any first square church here. He was with us. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Lord said, I brought him to anoint you for your next situation of ministry. He was praying for us here. This young boy, Okoli, God opened his eyes. He said, Pastor, as he was praying, I saw light from heaven on you people. God sent him to commission us. Because that is a denominational thing. God brought the head of a denomination to commission us. Yeah. No effort. No campaigning. No. <laughs> Studio, I said, this is of God. It's the will of God. You had him. He says the will of God. Yes, then. And it wasn't long. A branch came out. Others are following suit. Who is making it happen? God. The last meeting we had, I didn't say one word. I said to God, hmm? <laughs> what would I say? If you want it, you can make it. This one, it was the first one I explained to you, people. The second one, not one, except to say, let us pray and thank you for went. Our life needs to be explained. But you see, the Holy Spirit's work is amazing. It's always a story to, to tell. Even husband and wife. I was telling the ministers, I said, you haven't married until the Holy Spirit teaches you how to marry our wife. If he shows you how to marry your wife, you know that marriage is made where? Yeah. A marriage teaches us about the church. If you read the New Testament, it calls Christ in you a mystery. It calls the mystery of godliness. But when he came to marriage, he called it great mystery. He said, but I'm talking of Christ and the church. A man shall leave father, a Christian shall leave the world and everything and love the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all. He said, I'm talking of Christ and the church. You leave father and mother, you come to Christ, you leave the world alone. You don't love the world or anything in the world. The Bible calls it adultery because you are married to Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, with all ah, you're not following me with all and what again and you become one spirit with him. 
He called it great mystery. That's why you don't toy with marriage. You don't joke with it. It illustrates Christ and his bride, which is you. And the great, one of the greatest forces is husband and wife who understand this great mystery revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. And they become one. Watch their life. Watch their life. Watch their prayer. Watch everything they are doing. It's a microcosm of the church. God said, I hate divorce. I don't like it. You know, Paul, before he understood the mystery of the grace, he was frustrated trying to live a Christian life. Oh, yeah, let me read it because I'm about to close. Romans 7, 21. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is uh, wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, 23, but there is another power now within me that is at war with me. The power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me, 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I want to please God, want to live right. Every day they say, obey God. When I go home, my father can't. I say, anger is still there. This is there. I say, oh, I don't want this thing. It's making me miserable. He said, I want to be free. Paul didn't know he was already free. Then he found out. Then he says, verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can we say it together? One, two, go. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's say it one more time. So what did he find that changed his life? Second Corinthians 5.13. If it seems we are crazy. He said, if you think I'm, I'm crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Yeah. And if you are, if we are in our right mind, it's on your benefit. He said, I don't care what you think about me now, but I want to tell you what I have found out. Verse 14. He said, this is what I found out. Either way, Christ's love now controls us. Why does Christ's love control you, Paul? You couldn't do this before, but you found something took over your life and is controlling it now. He said, since we believe that Christ died for all, you see, his belief system changed. He discovered something. He said, Christ died for all. We also believe now that we have all died to our old life. So I'm not what I used to be. I didn't, I didn't know this before. Continue. Continue. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer do what? Live for themselves. No longer. Instead, they will live for Christ because his new life is the nature of God who died and was raised for them. Verse, the next verse, 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. That's what when he, when he was saying, who will deliver me from this? Who will deliver me from this? He said, now he realized that, oh, Christ has delivered me now. My old nature has gone now. I have a new life. So he started believing it, and the love of God started controlling his life. 
So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him. That's why he was passionate about knowing Christ. He said, knowing him changed my entire vision, my entire perspective. He gave me a new, a, new, a new insight into what God did. Oh, my God. He said, so my old life really has gone. I don't have to be frustrated. I have a new life. I've been set free. But he was saying, who would deliver me from this? But he found out in Christ he has been delivered. So the frustration ended. The love of Christ took over just by believing what Christ has done. You don't need rituals. Brethren, I'm begging you, stop all of those things. Those are the things that will stop you. Those are the things that will hinder you. If it works for you, enjoy yourself. I'm telling you the truth. Because I walked this way for a long time. I used to be like that. All I saw was frustration. Frustration. I woke up early, early two days ago. Man, I was feeling, I didn't know I would come here. Tell you the matter, the truth of the matter. I didn't know I would come here. First thing the Lord said to me is, don't listen to what the devil is saying. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I said, no, thank you. I took my Bible, I started to read and to meditate and to confess what God said about me. The more I was doing it, the more I was, this thing was, but I kept doing that. Am I here or not? I'm asking you, do I look sick? Have, do I, do, have you seen any pain here? And they lost it to me. See, they didn't want you to preach to the women. <laughs> they, they wanted to stop it. They don't want them to hear the truth. But he said to me, don't listen to what the devil is saying through those actions. Listen to what the Holy Spirit said in his testimony about you. I, I, look, I, I would have called 911. I'm telling you. I, when I was crying, I said, oh, God, you're awesome. I would have called 911. Real story. And how about... You come into your office, somebody calls you from out of state. He says, yeah, I lost my father. And they, these are the symptoms, are the same symptoms you have. <laughs> he said, kill him. I, I, I said, say, God, the devil is working over time to create fear in me. You know, he does that. He does that. I say, he wants to create fear. How come is this time that this person is calling me and telling me this? <laughs> wants to crave fear me. You know what I did? Blaze the Lord. Oh. Blaze the Lord. Oh. And all that is we Two days ago, I took my scripture. I said, devil, you are deaf. I want to read the Bible to you. This is what he said. This is what I'm listening to. 
this is the truth. Every other thing is a lie. Am I here? Eh? I'm not looking so handsome. If I confess those things, if I confess them, they will take root. If I dare give it utterance, if you speak, you give it life. Whatever you say is yours, you own. If you say, if you dare start dropping those things he's doing, you become his mouthpiece. That thing will start happening. My sisters, there is power in what you say. If you refuse to say it, you have won half the battle. You open your mouth and you say the one that God says. The Bible says you eat the fruit of what you say. I kept saying what God said. Driving down here, it wasn't easy. But I kept saying, I said, Lord, I will not deny my salvation. No. You, by the same bruise Jesus had for my sin, by the same bruise he healed me. I can't deny it. I am both saved, totally healed. I can't deny it. I'll confess it. And there's no, there's no need bothering God about it because it's already... Let me tell you something before I go. You know one of the problems we have is that we think the promises of God are promises yet. There are no more promises. No. There were promises before Christ came. After Christ fulfilled them, they stopped being promises. They become facts. That's why the Bible says Jesus brought us the truth. He didn't bring us promises. He brought us the truth. Facts. I have healed you. It's no more a promise. It's a fulfilled fact. We, we, if you look at it and think it's still a promise, you'll be living in hope. You won't get it. But if you know that it is a truth, it's a fact, completely accomplished, you can now have faith to say, I have it because it's done. Don't switch it because they call the promises, but they are fulfilled in Christ. Probably say they are yea and then. Have I lost you? Are you here with me? Shout hallelujah. I think I'm done. Let's rise up. <laughs>